WBUR Podcasts, Boston. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and you're listening to The Common. WBUR reporter Simone Rios. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to The Common. Good to be here, sir. Thanks for having me. So happy Election Day, Simone. I'm ready for it. Looks like there's going to be some changes on the city council. Oh, yeah. Today's the day. Folks ought to be making their way to the polls and voting for who they want to be in the city council to represent them. Yes, we are going to keep our eyes on those results. But right now, Simone, like you said, there's going to be some changes. And that includes Councillor Frank Baker no longer being on Boston's city council. The inimitable Frank Baker, it turns out. Yeah. So real quick, for those who don't know, Baker has held the District 3 seat for 12 years now. And that seat represents parts of Dorchester, the South End, and South Boston. And Frank Baker is known for being one of the more moderate voices on a council that skews mostly to the left. You could call him that, yeah. He's quite a personality. <laughs> so, Simone, you, you just did this story about him. For those who don't know, introduce us to Frank Baker. So Frank Baker is the dean of the council, as Senator Nick Collins told me. I think he, he has some competition with, with Michael Flaherty, uh, another local politician who's vacating his seat. Mm-hmm. I think Flaherty took a break to run for mayor. So Frank Baker is the longest serving counselor. For casual observers, those of us who aren't up in the day-to-day minutia of, of city council business, Frank Baker makes headlines uh, by being controversial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most people know Frank Baker for staking out what in, in a Boston context could be considered conservative positions. Although people will be apt to point out it, that if Frank Baker were in Texas, for example, he would be a raving liberal. So it's really all the, about the context. But right. in recent years with Mayor Michelle Wu in office with a majority progressive and people of color city council, Baker, you might use the word moderate, you might use the word conservative. He would say he's in the center, Yeah, but he's been willing to stand up and really fight back in the face of policies that that he thinks are misguided, like rent control. He doesn't mm-hmm. think Boston should have rent control. We can mm-hmm. go into others as, as we go on. Right, right. I, I guess how some might describe him is they would say he's old school. Is that fair? Definitely old school. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, old school in the sense of like 1930s, 1940s, James Michael Curley pugilistic politics, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not just going to express my opposition, but I'm going to do it in a very colorful way (laughs) that, um, to be fair, attracts a lot of headlines from, from us reporters. Yeah. Yeah. He'll give you a hell of a quote. (laughs) Um, so having said all that, you know, what is Frank Baker's relationship with his constituents? Because, you know, Mm. how you act in city hall could be very different from how you yeah. act on the street with the people voting for you. Oh, definitely. And and as I started looking at this story, and, and admittedly, I came at it like, okay, so here you have this almost gadfly on the city council mm-hmm. who's been a voice. I think some would say he's he's a voice of reason in a what some would consider to be a too far to the left 
majority on the city council. Mm -hmm. So I came to the story looking at his style, looking at his discourse and this kind of thing. But very quickly, I realized that that's not the stuff that matters in Dorchester, where Frank Baker is from. And as you mentioned, represents also parts of South Boston. What matters to them are constituent services. And this yeah. guy has gotten elected over and over again, rarely faced an opponent. When he has, he obliterates them. Time and time again, everybody I spoke to said, yes, Baker is this, this controversial figure on the council, but here his constituents are electing him because of what he does for this community. Mm-hmm. I think it is an old school form of politics where the city councilor defines themselves as a person who who knows the city, who knows who's running what department. As a matter of fact, let's listen to this quote that Frank Baker gave me when I spoke to him in Dorchester just a couple weeks ago. We're supposed to connect people in the street, in the neighborhoods, in through City Hall. Because of my 25 years in the printing department and because I have relationships, basically, a city council is elected to create relationships within the city so you can help your constituents. This is about knowing how the city works, helping small businesses, helping people who are in need of housing, whatever the issue may be that city government might have the answer to, uh, Frank Baker's office, Frank Baker personally would help his constituents get to the bottom of these things. Mm -hmm. And that's why he was so popular in the district. Wow. A politician who actually gets stuff done for his constituents. How about that? Who'd have thunk it? Wow. What a world (laughs) we live in. (laughs) I hate to think that's the old school way, but, you know. (laughs) Okay. So. (laughs) So now that's really interesting to hear. Baker declares himself to be right in the middle, Mm -hmm. right? Real quick, let's take a step back. Just break down what a moderate voice sounds like on Boston City Council. What role does that particular counselor play? I think that if somebody were really a moderate on the Boston City Council, it would be about striking a balance between the left majority on the council and people to the right, like Frank Baker. So while he may mm-hmm. be a moderate in, you know, a, a grand in the grand scheme of things in terms of how politics are carried out in the United States, he doesn't strike me as a moderate on the city council because I think that implies like being mm. in the middle between two poles. Right. Frank Baker worked in the city hall print shop for 25 years before uh, Mayor Tom Menino decided to to shut it down. He Frank Baker did not get along with Tom Menino. Apparently there's a lot of history there. But Frank Baker mm-hmm. comes from an old Dorchester family several generations back. They're all union people. He was telling me his his dad and his his grandfather, they were in the in the railroad business and, and it's a union family. So these are old school Democrats. These aren't Republicans that we're talking about here. But in the context of mm-hmm. the movement to the left on questions, again, such as rent control being a real hot button issue that passed in the city council, it's supported by the mayor. Now it's in the state house. Frank Baker has been saying, look, that's all well and good, but developers are really questioning whether they can afford to be building in Boston. Mm-hmm. And now you're saying you're going to have to deal with rent control as well. That's going to be a real problem for us as a city going forward. So whether you cast him as a moderate, whether you mm-hmm. cast him as a conservative, he definitely speaks for a certain demographic of the political constituency in Boston. I think, I think you can say that. 
We're going to take a break, but we'll be right back. The world's clean energy future relies on ancient elements still in the ground. Without mining, there will not be a clean energy transition. But pulling them out of the ground comes at an environmental and human cost. Mining is intrusive, but the results are the building blocks for products that we use every single day. I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. Join me on point for Elements of Energy, Mining for a Green Future, five special episodes. Listen and follow On Point wherever you get your podcasts. Did you kill Marlene Johnson? I think you're one of the first people to have actually asked. From WBUR and ZSP Media, this is Beyond All Repair, a new podcast about an unsolved murder that will leave you questioning everything. Somebody should be in jail for murdering my sister. A woman who's never been believed. As long as they think I have done this, then they're not looking for who actually did this. And that's what makes it a cold case. No, it's a botched case. And a search for the truth, once and for all. Wow, it just gets more interesting. Beyond All Repair. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Be careful. You're digging in a place that's been very peaceful for a while. Do it anyway. Dig. And we're back with more from Simone. What does the council lose or gain with the departure of Frank Baker? What void is left behind? Nobody's going to speak like Frank Baker. In fact, in one of my versions of the profile that I wrote about Frank, I was trying to describe his type of English, the way, you know, his Boston English. Mm -hmm. And I described it as a, a kind of cross between Marty Walsh who, by the way, is a very close friend of Frank. They, they grew up going to school together. Marty Walsh mm-hmm. and Joe Pesci. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't make it into the final version of the story. But the reason I say that is because, as he said, he doesn't shut up. This is the problem with the politics these days, and this is what I was fighting against because it became about we have the votes, we're going to say and do and act whatever way we want, and everybody else is going to shut up. I refuse to shut up. Yeah, for anybody who knows him, for anybody who's watched him on the city council, it's definitely true that Frank Baker refuses to shut up. Right. Uh, So now this was one of the seeds for going and doing this story was, is anybody going to fill that role on the council? And there are some quote unquote moderates, Aaron Murphy, and then- And that's councilor at large, Aaron Murphy. Yep. You look at the race, the D3 race to fill Frank Baker's seat- You have uh, Joel Richards, who's a public school teacher, and you have John Fitzgerald, who hails from a a prominent political Boston family from from Mission Hill. Father Kevin Fitzgerald was a a very successful politician. John works for the PDA. He has for a couple decades almost. And he's endorsed by Frank Baker because I think they represent a similar stance on the issues. But stylistically, will John Fitzgerald be the next Frank Baker? Probably not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if anybody emerges as as being that gadfly against the progressive majority, it remains to be seen. And it, it could take time for that to be borne out. Now, Simone, did you talk to Councillor Baker about his decision to leave? 
I did. And I think there's a couple things. I mean, being on the council is hard enough a job as is, never mind being, as he put it, public enemy number one. He was tight with Walsh when Marty Walsh became mayor, but then Mayor Michelle Wu comes in and they, I think, had a rocky relationship when they served on the city council together. So for a guy whose bread and butter is to help his constituents navigate city services, it becomes hard when you're at odds with the administration. I get the sense that on on top of having difficulties with the administration, he's also at odds with, frankly, the majority on the city council. There was a fight over an eviction moratorium in Boston where Frank Baker said he was really targeted and harassed unfairly by proponents of the you know pandemic era eviction moratorium that he said the city had no business instituting. He said people were calling him at all hours of the night, shooting fireworks at his house. It hasn't been uh, an easy few years for, for Frank Baker. And the way he said it, he, he said that my my city council battery is on low. Yeah. And he feels like he's ready to to kind of pass the baton to somebody who won't necessarily attract as much of a fight as he has. Okay. Now, Simone, that leads to my last question. Now, uh, Boston City Council can be a little chaotic and tense at times, as we've seen in many of uh, uh, these meetings. And Baker has often been at the center of these disagreements on the council. Do you think his departure will help lead to a more functional city council? Hmm. I think it depends on some of the other races. As our colleague Walt Wuthman has pointed out, it's not clear to what extent Boston will have a progressive majority city council. I don't think Frank Baker can can be blamed. A lot of the the newer councilors have had some pretty serious political scandals. Mm-hmm. A few of them are on their way out. Whether Baker has had a role in in some of the dysfunction, I think it's hard to make that argument because he he hasn't had his way. His type of of policy thinking hasn't hasn't been in the majority. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, I I do think there's an appetite for real moderation on the city council. Voters rejected Ricardo Arroyo. Um, they rejected Kendra Lara for for issues yep, that they were dealing yep. with. It seems like in some sections of the voting population, there's a desire to get m- more moderate voices in there. Mm-hmm. How Frank Baker's role plays into that, we'll see. Uh, John Fitzgerald looks like he's the favorite to win in D3. And folks that I talk to say that you know, they expect him to have a more polished, less combative kind of positioning than Frank Baker. So mm-hmm. it could be. It could be that that the incoming city council is more moderate. But we'll, we'll have to revisit the question in a year or so. Understood. Well, Simone, thank you so much for your work here and taking the time to talk to us about it. It's really interesting to learn about uh, some of these counselors. So, so thank you. Yeah, man. It's always good to be here, Daryl. That's WBUR reporter Simone Rios. And that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening to The Common. If you want to get in touch with us and let us know how your election day went, hit us up on Instagram at WBUR The Common or send us an email at thecommon at WBUR.org. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and I will talk to you tomorrow.